This is Jason Kristoff for Podcast 72, and it is January the 15th, and today we're going to explore um, advanced versions of self-sabotage. So the podcast prior to this, Podcast 71, which we'll put up in the show notes as well, you should probably listen to that first before you listen to this, but we went over the sort of the basics of self-sabotage you know, buying treadmills that you use as clothes racks, uh, joining, starting a diet, then finding yourself headlong into a bucket of ice cream, um, (laughs) wanting to get your finances under control, but racking up your credit card. Those are, or going to the gym on New Year's Eve and uh, (laughs) joining, or New Year's Day, sorry, or whenever the gym opens after New Year's. You join up and then you uh, never go again. And then you show up the next year uh, to quit. And that's the only time you went in. You went twice. (laughs) You went one time to sign up and then you went to sign your cancellation form a whole year later. Or sometimes people are too embarrassed to go and and it takes them a a lot of time. And then that person sort of blames the gym for never kind of coodling them like a child or something. Or just blames anybody but themselves but when you look at self-sabotage it's it has really nothing to do with the willpower of the person that's that's the big flaw that you'll find out in podcast 71 is that no you don't really control your behavior you think you do but you don't and before we sort of get into that very interesting examples so that you can better understand your behavior. These examples aren't there to pick on anybody. They're there to give you encouragement so that you can see the familiarity of your behavior and the common ground in your behavior with some of these examples. And I'm not going to go over too many. I'm only going to go over five. And you can kind of uh, take solace in the fact that no, it's not just you, it's other people. And uh, it's a very large area of psychological research in regards to why people do illogical things and then keep going back to those illogical things while complaining at the same time about the results of those illogical things, whether it's drinking wine and complaining about your weight or wanting to go on a diet and then ordering a pizza on a Friday night and then calling the poisonous food a a reward or a treat. You know, you hear that. That's a bit of self-sabotaging language. We call that the battle cries of the saboteur where they, they describe the food that, you know, makes them overweight, sick, and broke as a reward or a treat like how is killing yourself a reward or a treat and why would you even use those words reward and treat i can imagine sometimes the motivation is yeah you you don't like your job and you work you know whatever it's eight to six it used to be nine to five back in where that movie was played when i was a kid uh, who was in a dolly parton working nine to five it's more like eight to seven now (laughs) eight in the morning to seven at night and uh, why even work in that shitty job in the first place well it's because of the same programming the same behavior psychology that we get impregnated into us without our 
conscious awareness. But before we go on, well, I know some people listen to this to get some insane updates on what's going on in the world. And just stay calm. It's going to work itself out <laughs> in one way or another. But I thought I'll put these in the show notes. Two very interesting. I better get my paper over here so I don't forget. So there was a uh, a senior citizen's fo- uh, home in Auburn, New York, which is just sort of south of where uh, I live. I live right on the American Canadian border in Ontario, and New York State is, you know, literally, I could probably throw a rock and hit it if I got down to the bike path, which is really close to my house. And in Auburn, there was a senior citizen's home and we've we've gone over this before there was no we've we've gone over how this is going to roll out and why it's rolling out and why you need to warn the others because this won't stop until you come out and sort of push against the system it isn't fair for a system like this to exist but uh, the covid vaccine oddly enough too is not a vaccine there is no a COVID component to it. So obviously, if you know anything about vaccines, the big, you know, the big lie that they parade in front of you is that there's, you know, either live attenuated viruses, you know, kind of weakened viruses, say it was the MMR, the measles, mumps and rubella vaccine. Well, they're saying, oh, there's weakened Uh, virus loads of measles mumps and rubella inside the MMR and that you know triggers your immune system to have a response so that's you know the big tractor trailer load worth of liaria that they're always you know dumping all over all over your news stations and that's what's supposed to be involved in vaccination exposure to a weakened portion of the virus you develop a response that's supposed to make you more immune, which it doesn't, and uh, but that's just the lie they tell. And if you want to find out that all of that is a lie to begin with, uh, I'll put up the documentaries. There's about 33 vaccine documentaries. You're probably going to have 500 to 1,000 medical doctors and PhD scientists throughout all those documentaries telling you that no that's that's a lie that it doesn't work like that that's never been proven uh, vaccines do not increase your resistance to disease they do not increase your immunity that's just the sales pitch and the sales pitch over the past i don't know 70 80 years i mean vaccination i believe is attributed to doctor dr edward jenner in the late 1700s so this euthanasia genocide a poisoning way of controlling the public has been <coughs> excuse me around for a lot longer than people think but the doctors in this, these documentaries will go about explaining to you and they all say the same thing like if you were to watch maybe five of these documentaries um, it would be pretty obvious that the PhD scientists and the doctors and the other health professionals, they're all sort of telling the same story. They, they're not telling a different story. The main story is your government's lying to you, your media's lying to you, vaccines make you sick, they haven't been tested to make you healthy, they've never been confirmed to make you healthy, as if documenting, like how can injecting documented poison 
into yourself make you healthy. It's, it's absurd on its premise alone. It's absurd on its face alone. But that's this sort of push to make people believe that health can be injected into you. Look at that as a premise, right? You can eat Doritos, you can drink wine, you can have coffee, you don't have to eat in the morning. And then if you can, you know, and then all, all you need to do to be uh, healthy is inject poison into you. Well, that, does that make any sense? Of course it doesn't. But if you want to invest, investigate deeper and, and go into... Uh, you know, deep into this scam because it's just easier to control, rule, manipulate, and steal from people that are diseased, dysfunctional, disoriented, and disempowered. Government maintains its power by destroying the power of the public, and nothing destroys the power of the public more than injected poison. Ingested poison, which means poison you eat does a pretty good job too but injecting poison bypasses about 95 percent of the immune system so of course injected poison is highly effective at making the population docile sick weak independent and childlike and that's why this is their main weapon of attack and you can see this really occurring um, you know, at the senior citizens home and we'll put up the link the senior citizens home had no COVID cases since March because, of course, uh, COVID d doesn't exist. And I'll put up a medical doctor. I think her name's Sam Bailey, and you can you can definitely watch her presentation. Another medical doctor who firmly goes over the fact in the middle of the video. It's more about the the testing protocol, which is absolutely faulty. But she goes over in the mid uh, middle of the video that the in order to declare a virus as existing, it has to be isolated and every Freedom of Information Act that was ex executed upon the people involved with this declaration, they had to admit openly to the scientific world that they have not isolated the SARS-2 virus. So uh, that medical doctor will tell you clearly that means it doesn't exist. So and the injected poisons as well, not just your vaccine, you have your vitamin K shot is all laced with aluminum. And it's all about nature, of course. They're trying to demonize nature all the time. Like you need, you need synthetic vitamin K made in a factory because God got it wrong or nature got it wrong. It's anti-God, anti-nature. The thing about science, it's just anti-nature, anti-God, anti the way things are supposed to be going. And given your nature, science is anti-you, and that's why they're injecting poisons into you 24 hours a day, or at least trying to. That's the dream of evil. Evil is live, spelled backwards for a reason, because our ancient ancestors were, you know, tried to use the words to give you a little bit of a hint about what was really going on here. Anything that is anti-life or anything that destroys life is evil by definition. That's why evil is live spelled backwards that's why devil is lived spelled backwards trying to give you a little hint uh, that anything that encroaches on your life or snuffs out your life is pure evil trying to wake people up but they didn't they didn't really uh, catch on to that and injected poison is very very powerful and it's not just the vaccines the vitamin k shot your allergy shots your b12 shots even the kidney dialysis machine and um, 
uh, the, sorry, the kidney dialysis fluid, and even the IV drips that you get at the hospital, guess what they have in it? They have aluminum in it, and I'll make sure to put up uh, an aluminum video so you can see that aluminum is guaranteed to destroy your brain. Now, why would they, you know, why would they lace the vitamin K shot, the allergy shots? And why do you get allergies in the first place? Because the, the vaccines are known to trigger allergies. So your mom and dad gives you an allergy, uh, a vaccine, triggers your allergy, and then they think they're going to do a good thing. They bring it to the allergy doctor. The doctor's injecting more poison into you. But that's the trap, and that's the behavior modification you you use the public school system and the media system to indoctrinate the parents, which, you know, the kids, and then they become parents. And one of the main indoctrination-based programs, the computer programs inserted into the average human in public school and in media is, you know, trust your doctor if you're sick, go out, go, like, look outwards for the cause of your disease. Never look inward to your own programming. Never look in your fridge. Never look in your cupboard. Never look at your own sleep. Never look at your own bowel movements. Never look at your own water. Never look at your own connection or your own amount of time around Wi-Fi. So, of course, uh, the system is designed to make people sick and then make them believe that adding more poison to their lifestyle is going to make them healthier and it's a death by a thousand cuts you just you know circle the drain and then finally pass away because you're like a kamikaze pilot you've been programmed to believe things that aren't true and even though you live in a walking lie detector your body's a walking lie detector you can Feel free to do anything, like have the Doritos, have the beer, have the wine. I don't suggest injecting the, the poison because you can't really get that out. But yeah, feel free to live your life, but understand that you, you have a walking lie detector as a body and uh, it's alerts, like it has an alert system to let you know when you living out a lie or you ate a lie or you injected a lie or get a line of coke, you sniffed a lie, it'll give you pain, it'll give you water retention, it'll give you weight gain, it'll give you cellulite, it'll give you bad temper, it'll give you insomnia, it'll give you acne, it'll make your hair fall out, you'll go gray earlier than you should. That those are, That's how the that lie detector lets you know, hey stupid, you might want to change courses, I'm trying to alert you that, that you're living a lie, you, you know, your penis doesn't work, you're you can't get pregnant, you're infertile. These are all signals that you're going down the wrong path. But in, in our society, because of the mind control, which ends up being like self-sabotage, you get people living out lies like the, the truth. They don't understand that their body's a walking lie detector, always trying to warn them of the evil and the devil, etc., etc. And people just keep going headlong like a kamikaze pilot, and we've discussed this before, the primary driver of human behavior is to be liked. And that's why they adore, like if you look at the average person, the newspaper magazine today, you will see the average person who's sick is on the front page. And, and that triggers the subconscious mind to say, look, if I'm sick, I'll also get celebrated. I'll get promoted. I'll get give, got, uh, 
given positive feedback if I'm just an absolute human mess. And that tricks the subconscious mind into pursuing death, pursuing disease, and pursuing the worst life because that is where the most attention and most energy can be gathered. And that's how you trick a kamikaze pilot to kill themselves as well. Is you say, yeah, you can be totally well-liked. All you have to do is kill yourself. And uh, obviously that works really good, so you're well-liked, but you're dead. Pretty big flaw in the human behavior manufacturing system, and that's what we really focus on as self-sabotage coaches, is to try and point out to people, yeah, you know, most human behavior, most people do what they're doing because other people are doing it. That's, that's the basis of human behavior. So as a self-sabotage coach, we're always trying to tell you, look, are you doing what you're doing because it makes sense? Or are you doing what you're doing because everybody else is doing it? Like just wasting money on wine and then dying early and get, being depressed and powerless and weak and fat um, because wine makes you fat and makes you weak and makes you fatigued and doesn't give your body what you need to thrive. Does that make any logical sense that you in, even invest one cent of your money in that? Of course, there's no logical sense to it, but everybody's drinking, so you feel more comfortable drinking and being drunk, and then you're just like the kamikaze pot. Anyway, back to this uh, uh, old folks' home in Auburn, New York, where there was no COVID um, infection since March. We just said the COVID doesn't exist. And so how do we really know there wasn't any COVID? And, and even that, that video by Dr. Sam Bailey, I think his name's Sam Bailey. I hope I'm getting that right. Um, the, most of the videos on the fraudulent PCR test that's used to diagnose COVID, a virus that doesn't exist. And it's a test that can't you know, like, what are you testing for? And even if you did test, if they had something to test for, the PCR machine or process has no ability to test for any um, disease. Even the people who make the PCR test list as, and Dr. Bailey goes over that, list right at the top that this is not a diagnostic tool. Do not use it to diagnose disease, which is exactly what the government is doing. And the reason they're using the PCR test is it marks healthy people as infected in sort of between nine, uh, 50 and 95% of the cases. So if you had a 1,000 people that were declared infected with COVID, there's a good chance that half to 95% of them are uh, perfectly healthy and and you can see that where every some people are I've, I've met people and they're like oh i have to uh, go home i i have covid i have to go home for 14 days and i'm like well that's weird you don't seem sick and they're like well um no i'm not sick whatsoever which is really odd and even um ronaldo i believe he's ranked the first uh, or second best uh, football or soccer player depending on where you live in the world in north america it's soccer and in europe it's football but ronaldo has tested three times positive for covid and his quote was this test is fucking bullshit <laughs> so because he knows it because he's like i'm not sick i could play a whole game like what sort of disease uh, it will infiltrate someone where they could play a professional soccer game for three hours and, uh, and then he has to sit down. And that's how they're going to control and destroy the sports is they're going to use the RT-PCR machine to basically 
stop people from going, which will drop the revenue into potentially half or you know maybe a little less than half that'll that'll suffocate the sports they're going to make the sports teams um, participate in the BLM and all the stuff that the majority of the people hate that has the public turn on the sports figures and then they're going to use this covid test to totally screw up uh, the star players and it's just going to lead to just constant chaos and if you were in Las Vegas you wanted to set up a sting just uh you know, start testing the best players on the team for, for, for COVID, which doesn't exist. And the RT-PCR machine has a dial on it. The more you dial it up, the, the more chance there is that the person will test positive for COVID. So yeah, if Tom Brady's playing, make sure he goes and tests for COVID. And then you just dial it up to 60. He'll, uh, he'll uh, fail, won't be able to play, he'll test positive for COVID, and then make your bets accordingly in Las Vegas. Be a great scam. But we go back to this uh, old folks' home uh, at uh, Auburn uh, in New York, and we have no COVID cases up until last week, and we had no COVID deaths. Oh, they brought the COVID vaccine, which has no COVID in it, by the way. And that's what we were talking about earlier. The COVID vaccine has no part, like no part of the virus. Like there's no, it's it's not a vaccine, folks. It's, it's not a vaccine, even according to the contemporary lie, is that you're supposed to have remnants of the virus in the injection to elicit an immune response, which supposedly makes you more immune, but it doesn't. But beyond that, the original lies aren't even in play anymore. So the COVID vaccine doesn't have any remnants of the COVID virus, but no one's really seemed to notice that. They inject this whole um, senior citizen's home, no uh, no COVID diagnosis for uh, the the, the scamdemic up until that time and then we get a, I think it was 137 I think there was only a hundred there was about little less than 200 seniors in this home and then they throw the COVID vaccine to all of them and they pick on the seniors for various reasons um, and we won't really get into that mostly because they they don't know how to resist or they have the most uh they're the most brainwashed, for sure. And usually when they're really old, they just have no reason to resist. They have the most brainwashing. They think the government's there to help them. The nurses are smart. They, they love their doctors. They'll do anything their doctors say. And this is all part of the scam. They inject these seniors in, about 100, 197 uh, maybe seniors in the whole home, 24 dead within the week, and 137 with COVID. And you can see, you know, this is enough to make Satan himself blush and turn away with envy. Um, the devil is loving this. The humans are so easily programmed from the nurses to the doctors to all the government officials getting stroked money or digital numbers on screens for their participation. Is It's evil of the highest order and the evil we put up with uh, and tolerate and look away from uh, the way the universe works comes knocking at our door eventually to 
uh, teach us a lesson that we're not supposed to look away. We're not supposed to ignore this. And uh, anybody that is ignoring this or not using their social media to sound the alarm will uh, be taught by the universe a very old lesson that what you ignore and what you uh, pretend doesn't exist just so that you can fit in better with the group of other people who are ignoring it. Well, that evil comes directly to your house and will directly uh, interface with you if you do not resist. And then there was another... um, something called a a vaccine superstation vaccination superstation in san diego so we'll put that up in the show notes and so i don't know who's still getting these vaccines but obviously the uninformed and then the brainwashed anybody watching tv probably is a prime victim here because tv can um is proven in psychology to represent what the majority is doing the human behavior design is to run after and want to be a part of the, what the majority is doing. So, of course, anybody watching TV, mainstream media, it's pure behavior modification. They would be the ones lining up at this vaccination superstation. So as the people are lining up, people getting the vaccines are literally not making it out of the tent. They're literally getting the vaccine and dropping unconscious, like on the grounds with the other people watching. And then they're needing medical attention. And then the other people are like, hey, what's going on here? And everybody starts like backing away. It's like facing a grizzly bear. They're like, I'll come back later. And uh, yeah, once you get this straightened out, give me a call. And everybody's like, get in the car. It's like that Ikea commercial. Start the car, start the car. And people are finding out that, yeah, the this is, it's not just vaccinations. It's not just the, the nurses giving the vaccines at these super vaccine um, tents or whatever it was called super center i don't i don't remember what it was called it's 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 the it's not just them injecting documented poisons into you it's a whole life of tv and movies and government announcements that indoctrinated the nurse the doctor and the participants to play these roles to read these scripts and to act out this moronic futile insane behavior like it's the truth ignoring the walking lie detector stays with and that's what happens when you ignore the lie detector portion of your body you take a vaccine and in a tent in san diego and then you start to walk sort of back on the line you waited in line to get the vaccine there's a lot of people on the grass you don't make it out 10 feet you drop to the ground unconscious in front of all the other mind control people that have been getting set up for this you know abattoir based event that's your that's the lie detector at wit's end with you for not listening it's like we're just gonna die you're just too stupid to keep going forward so the soul left when you pass out the soul leaves and if you're lucky it goes out on a tether 
which means it'll come back and give you life again. But if you're so stunned, if your soul is so disgusted with you, it actually cuts the tether and says, I'm going to come into the next person that gets born on this planet or whatever, whatever the process is. Maybe they have to wait in line. The soul's got to wait in line to come back here. Who would really want to come back here unless you really wanted to save the earth? Which obviously, I don't know, I must have... Uh, somehow volunteered for that i'm not too sure if i'll do that again but your, your soul gets jettisoned and if you're so stunned and so stupid and so uninformed and you you make your your body so toxic that your soul is so disgusted with living in it it just says frank i'm really sorry i love you it's like a bad breakup right they're like ah you know it's not you it's me <laughs> I got to get out of here. And then the soul leaves. And that's what happens when you pass out. The soul portion of your body just says, this guy or girl is just, wow, injecting poison based on behavior modification, psychology coming out of movie screens and TV screens. I can't do this anymore. Not only are they injecting poison, they're having toxic coffee in the morning, e eating Dorito trip, uh, chips at night. They're, they're calling their McDonald's, their Burger King or their KFC a treat or reward on a Friday night. I can't stand this anymore. I quit. And that's really what happens when you when you pass out. Your, your soul's like, I got to get out of here. So those are your two kind of insanity updates. You know what to do. Uh, you're smart enough to know what to do. And you're smart enough to know the solutions. You're a very powerful human being. It's time you flex that power. And if you're looking to maybe learn some things online, uh, before we get into the self-sabotage examples, I actually have two more uh, spots open. I had two students sort of uh, not back out, but um, decide not to take or to delay their enrollment in my uh, self-sabotage coaching school. And I always sell it sort of eight weeks or four weeks in advance. It actually, the school semester starts this coming Monday, January 18th. So if you're looking to become a self-sabotage coach yourself, work directly with me one-on-one, -on -one, I take you like inside the school, I take every single student as a self-sabotage client and put them through our patented process so that you know you as a student get to learn the self-sabotage process from the client side before you're going to come over to the coach side again you work one-on-one -on -one with me we do also business mentoring we do financial abundance mentoring and this is all included inside inside the school and then you can become a certified self-sabotage coach and you can go out and start coaching people. We charge minimum $100 per hour for self-sabotage services. And we also teach you how to do group sessions where you can make much more than that, maybe talking to 10 or 20 or even 100 or 200 people online at the same time. And then we also teach you how to do uh, programs that you can you can record either by video or audio and you can sell those programs online as well so it's a very good way to potentially uh, maybe start a side hustle you don't like your job that you you're you're doing right now uh, maybe you want to start a side hustle at a hundred dollars an hour keep working your existing job and work towards something uh, where you can do it online and then you don't really have to put up too much if your dream is to sort of be down in Costa Rica 
on a beach and working online to make sure that the world gets better one drip at a time, this would be a great thing for you. So if you're looking to become a self-sabotage coach, I only have two spots left. They usually go really, really fast, and I will definitely put up in the show notes the link, you know, some extra information on the self-sabotage coaching school. All right, so let's get to some advanced examples of self-sabotage which show, can show you that being a saboteur is you it can be more than just eating too much not exercising starting an exercise regime never going um, you know what one of the most common uh, well not most common but one self-sabotage modality is someone wants to get sort of uh in shape and they always call on their most out of shape friend which is a great way to torpedo your results but that's exactly why they phone their their most overweight or most undisciplined friend is because they're actually afraid to be their best so there's a genetic fear of change that we have and that genetic fear of, uh, of change that we have which is completely natural is amplified by the people who control our TV and our movie and our news to the point where we're scared to be better. We feel safer being our worst. And that's why this isn't even in, in the advanced list here. I just thought about that right now, which is sort of common when someone wants to get in shape. They're like, okay, let's start walking around the block. I don't want to do it alone. Like heaven forbid you do it alone. You got you got to have someone to blame. And that's why the saboteur makes the call. They're going to they're gonna phone Judy. Judy's never been healthy. Judy always eats pizza. Judy needs to lose 50 pounds. And then she lost five pounds once. And then she went down to the chocolate factory and started bathing in a, in a vat of chocolate sauce. Like Judy is the person you shouldn't phone. But they people, saboteurs, love phoning Judy because it means it's a guaranteed failure. So there's lots of effort. The saboteur is always putting out lots of effort. I call it digging a hole and filling a hole. They, they work the whole shift. Oh, I'm gonna, they dig a hole for four hours and they're like, wow, that's a nice hole. And then they fill that hole with the same dirt that they dug out of it. And they're like, woof, that was a long shift. Wow, <laughs> eight hours, I am pooped. And then what really, what really happened? Nothing, right? You dig a hole, you fill a hole. It's the same thing every single day. You get absolutely nothing done. And that's why the average saboteur will phone Judy, their friend that's never been in shape, never been healthy in her life, hates food, doesn't like veg, hates real food, doesn't like vegetables, doesn't drink water. You know that kind of person, always with the wine, the wine mom jokes, the wine mom means. Like th that's a person you never want to phone, but the saboteur gives them a call to know that ah, this is going to go in the shitter. <laughs> this this sort of uh, uh, you know this journey is going to go nowhere and the reason we do all of this is because we're always we're always afraid to change and we're always going to go back to where we get the most comfort and we're always going to go back where we feel the most familiar so that person who phoned Judy she could be afraid because where she works everybody's big or she could be afraid to be thin because her family are all overweight but the fact of the matter is it's a program. It's a program fear. And it doesn't matter if you want to be abundant or rich. You want to be successful with your relationships. You want to be successful in business. You just want to be happy regardless of financial wealth. 
um, you, ha you have to know how to reprogram this part of the mind. So that was just a little sample of maybe even a common, uh, a basic form of self-sabotage. So here's some advanced ones so that you can understand it. It can go deeper than health-based issues and uh, just sabotaging your health. Uh, let's take, um, I remember uh, a lady, uh, one of my clients, her, and this is very common, this is common, this is like in a common form of advanced self-sabotage. You have a lady that grew up when she was a kid and her dad always ignored her. And the way the human brain works, it's always seeking the familiar because to seek the familiar means that it's safe. And this, the subconscious mind, the part of our brain that's in charge of 94 to 97% of our behavior, it doesn't like change because what's familiar is predictable. And what, if, if you change and do something new, it's heavily unpredictable. And unpre in unpredictable situations, it's a lot harder to survive. It's a lot harder to be safe. It's a lot harder to be secure because you don't know what's coming. You don't know what to expect. So even though negative events are negative and might make us overweight and sick and broke and miserable and depressed, they still rank as familiar and safe inside the subconscious mind. And that's why we sometimes run after negative events in our life even though it's not logical or rational to do so. So this lady who grew up with a father that ignored her, guess what sort of man that she would chase after. So the father really not only ignored her, he wasn't really in the home a lot. So this lady became very comfortable outside her conscious awareness. She would only sort of chase married men. And she wouldn't understand. So obviously that's a recipe for disaster because you're never going to have the support and energy flow and connection because that's what bonding and union is. It's a reciprocation of energy. You become a more powerful human being when you have the negative and positive male and female battery very close to each other, touching each other or having sex. Um, you get this big increase in energy and you're able to raise a family and do some great things with that energy. So this lady would never have the support, but she ran after married men that were never there because her dad was never there. And she, she didn't know why that was more familiar to run after. It was either married men or men that would ignore her. Men she could never have. So she got very familiar and comfortable with that concept. So you can see why that's self-sabotaging. She's out there. She might have done a decade of this behavior before she met with me as a client, as, and I'm her self-sabotage coach. And I had to tell her, you're running after unavailable men because your dad was unavailable. And this is exactly how the subconscious mind works. It will replicate what's, what's familiar even if what's familiar makes you completely miserable. She had a eureka moment. She couldn't believe it. The people not only treated her like her dad did, they looked like her dad. They had the same jobs as her dad. Her dad was an electrician. She, two of them were electricians. She, didn't, she never, ever put that together that she was literally living out a subconscious mind program that made her absolutely miserable. We taught her the special coding, the special language, the special interface uh, 
programming that you do yourself to change the program to take out that one and reinsert another one and then she had to go throughout her whole life to know that there was if there was a married electrician in the room that was ignoring her she's probably going to think that he's the hottest guy in the room and she'd have to be consciously start checking that behavior and and so there's subconscious solutions and there's also conscious solutions so that's um, sort of an advanced form of self-sabotage example number one maybe example number two I remember working with a guy who was a cocaine addict and his dad was an alcoholic and I remember you know I was there in person doing the consult that day and the father was meeting me on the way in and sort of said you know my son's a cocaine addict he didn't learn that from me I've never done cocaine in my life and the thing about the subconscious mind of that child, the subconscious mind downloaded the familiar pattern that self-abuse was the, the main tribal ritual or custom or ceremony in his family tribe. So although the father tried to distance himself from the child's dysfunction, the act of the father being an alcoholic and drinking all the time triggered the subconscious mind to download the pattern of behavior that self-abuse and self-attack and sort of self-loathing was the, you know, a great way to fit in with the tribe. So although the subconscious said, look, it doesn't really matter if you abuse yourself with food or alcohol or drugs, you're going to fit into this tribe. So the, the child's you know, addiction to cocaine was really a subconscious attempt to bond with the dad. The child was coming psychically at the father and saying, look, you self-abuse with alcohol. I've taken it to a higher degree. I'm self-abusing with cocaine. Do you love me yet? Can I enter the tribal hierarchy yet? We're all self-abusers. Uh, do you love me yet? And this was sort of what I had to tell the dad to say, like, your really dysfunctional behavior will wash over to everybody else in your area, in your immediate area, and it won't be just the dysfunction of your alcoholism. It'll just be the general pattern of self-abuse and self-loathing and self-hatred because the subconscious mind is very prone, as prone to uh, the copy particulars as it is patterns and both of them became very well aware that the human body the human behavior function is about mimicking copying emulating and mirroring the people in your environment trying to fit in and it doesn't matter if the the father or mother smoking or drinking alcohol you're going to produce children who self-abuse and it doesn't matter. They could be self-abusive with medications. They're going to aim low. They're going to be mediocre. They're going to underachieve. And that's just the way the subconscious mind works because it knows concretely that if you come into a tribe like that and it's Thanksgiving and you don't drink and you bring an organic turkey and your own organic food and you don't self-abuse and you make more money than them, that you will be attacked because that's just the way human behavior works. So to fend off the attack, you have to sort of come in at the same achievement level and alcoholism and substance abuse is a very low achievement level. And people who self-abuse, self-abuse purposely, because they're afraid to be their best, because they're afraid that they don't have the power or the courage 
to weather an attack from the herd, which will always come when you're better than the herd. I get this all the time. Am I better than the herd? Well, on some areas I am, some areas I'm not. And on the areas I am, I get attacked. And if you're not strong enough or you don't know how to reprogram this part of the brain to go through that fear anyway, you will always cower in the corner, wear the dunce cap, uh, cut, trim your own tall poppy to fit in with the underachievers and the mediocre folks around you. And again, the reason people give up on their best lives is because it's safer to be part of the herd and it's safer to stay in the familiar. And it's dangerous to go out and be different than everybody else. In our society, you're allowed to be different in a real bad way, but you're never allowed to be different in an awesome way or they're going to try and hack wildly at your success. And if you want to be successful, we teach you how to do that and develop the backbone so that you can be your best self in a mediocre tribe and then just sort of put up with the attack. It's really not that bad. Yeah, they'll attack you, but it's still not a good enough reason to hide in the corner and trim your own poppy. That's not exactly the why you were sent here. And if you want to come back, like, who knows what your soul was sent here for, but it certainly wasn't to eat KFC on a Friday night and call poisonous food treats or rewards and then line up at the vaccination superstation and then inject poison and just drop dead in front of a whole line of other people. You certainly were not sent to uh, live out that sort of uh, existence. So let's go to number three. Um, I remember this man. This is an advanced form of self-sabotage. I remember this uh, guy at, at work and his dad. Uh, I could, I, I, you can tell as a coach what happened to them as a child. So there was a guy at work. And he would always call me over and saying, look, I want you to look over my work. I'm really proud. I finished it all today. And uh, could you please just make sure I got everything done on the list? And I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's a great staff member. I'll go around. I'll look around. And as I would look around, I'd find three or four mistakes. And then the first time I said, yeah, these are the mistakes. Don't worry about it. Um you know, fix it for the next time. And then the next time I come in on this gentleman's shift, he would say, I've done it. I got it right this time. And um, please check it over. And there would be more mistakes. And this went on for a while. And I don't really judge. I just, I just know how the brain works. And it became obvious that the only time the, these parents, his parents, the only time, the only, the only way to produce an adult like that is to have a kid who was never given any sort of attention unless he made a mistake. So this this adult, this, this nice guy that I really like, obviously he lived in a very traumatic environment when he was a kid. And you can tell that the pattern that his subconscious was copying is the only way to get attention, which is absolutely necessary for human survival. They've shown in psychological studies that if you give a child love, they grow and the mind grows and the body grows. But if you don't give them any attention, they can die. But if you give them negative attention, it's somewhere in between. So negative attention is uh, not as good as love and positive attention, but definitely it's better than no attention. So when you have a child who gets no attention for doing great things and only gets attention for spilling the milk on the floor, they get yelled at or failing 
failing a test and you get your fun your dad finally turns around and pays attention to you with maybe a slap across the face you become programmed that it's called connection through chaos so the only way to connect is through disaster conflict and chaos and then he would also beat himself up mentally when he would make the mistakes which is a way he kept himself sort of underachieving and mediocre and because he would take mental runs at himself for, for at himself for making these mistakes so the mistakes that he would make and then his request for me to review his work was the way he drew my attention toward him which was very sad and then when i would alert him that he made the mistakes he would mentally attack himself which is a second part of the cycle which kept himself in a state of low self-worth and low self-esteem which has major psychological benefits for him because he is also afraid of the attack because if you get attacked for making mistakes how, what what size of attack is coming when you become better than your parents make more than your parents and and show them that they they have various massive shortcomings so this was a sort of an advanced form of self-sabotage self-sabotage again repetitive cycles where negative things occur you're not aware of them you don't really know how to point them out and even if you did you don't really know how to explain the part of the brain that is always repeating this because it's familiar because it's what you're used to it's where you feel safe even though there's no logical or rational explanation that you feel safe in that situation it's not safe to make mistakes and you know draw the boss's attention to you and use that as a way to interface with the world it's also not safe to inject poison into yourself it's also not safe to circumcise your your male infants and cut 25% of their penis off without anesthetic it's also not safe that you think KFC is a reward or a treat on a friday night but if everybody else is doing it or the res- general result of living this out gives you a life equal in frequency or vibration to the others around you this is where the subconscious mind will drive you so number 4 an advanced form of self sabotage <clears throat> uh, a lady i know lived with a mom <clears throat> and the mom was a perfectionist and if you don't understand perfectionism if you hear the word you might misunderstand that it's about being perfect and the perfect pers- person's absolutely perfect that is not perfectionism whatsoever whatsoever perfectionism in psychology is when nothing's ever good enough nothing will ever make that person happy they're always criticizing they're always judging it always could be a little bit better <clears throat> and you could always have gone that extra yard and people like that too who are perfectionists they usually achieve absolutely nothing in their lives because for you to achieve something you have to make a mistake and the person who's the perfectionist is always very busy pointing out the the mistakes of other people so that they can um uh, you know sort of project their insecurities on to others when really they should be looking in the mirror so this perfectionism based mother has produced these children especially this one lady paralyzed she cannot she doesn't work 
she's overweight, she drinks wine all the time, eats bad food, smokes dope all the time, and that's because when you're raised as a prof- by a perfectionist-based parent and nothing's ever good enough, the pattern becomes, I try, I get judged, I try, I get judged, I try, I get judged, and you, the pattern that the subconscious mind focuses, focuses in on and that it emulates and mirrors and mimics, it says, look, if I try, I will get judged. So it's just a lot better to live out this programming <clears throat> and never try whatsoever. I never want to be judged. So if you never try to accomplish anything, you can avoid the judgment that comes from a perfectionist-based parent. So this lady literally lives at home, locks her door, lives by herself, never had a boyfriend because the boyfriends was never enough. She got a job. She had to move out of her job for various reasons because the job wasn't good enough. The weight's never good enough. The tries aren't good enough. She's frozen. She's absolutely paralyzed. So until a self-sabotage coach can enter her psyche and teach her that it's okay to try, it's okay to fail, that she can handle the judgment from the mother and, and reprogram so that you become familiar with trying instead of getting familiar with living in a paralytic state, and this woman has to learn how to reprogram the subconscious mind. I've offered my services to this lady before. She's afraid to try because she's afraid her mother's going to judge her for trying to do something outside conventional therapy. <laughs> Self-sabotage coaches are very effective therapy, but your insurance company won't pay for them because it is very effective therapy. They sort of want to bleed you dry. And keep you mediocre, because again, all these institutions are connected. Most conventional therapy is all about uh, not telling you how your mind works. Wouldn't it be great to know that how your mind works, that if you're on cocaine, you probably copied it from your dad who was an alcoholic, or that if you smoke cigarettes, you probably copied it from your mom because she ate cake all the time, and then you downloaded a self-abusive mind virus, and that's why you self-abuse yourself with cigarettes, and that cigarettes are only one way to keep you down mediocre and average and the only reason you're smoking isn't because you make logic it makes logical or rational sense but because you're afraid to be great wouldn't it be nice for some therapist to tell you that and then give you the secret and the reprogramming language that you can literally start listening to on the way home so that when you arrive home you feel very powerful and empowered to make to make a go at your best life knowing you're going to have the courage and the backbone finally to deal with all the haters and you can shake them off they're like little mosquitoes you're just going to be your best anyway i remember this one lady this is the last example she would make these treats um and she was very successful she had her own little bakery but we you know her husband found out later that they weren't really making any money and so the husband said, you're going to have to make the treats a little smaller, make maybe one less treat per bag. And we're going to, if we did that, we will get the profit up. And so the lady started making smaller treats and then she'd put two extra treats in the bag and even lose more money. And the husband actually, and the, the, the wife would do it behind her husband's back. 
And he just opened the treats one day and said, look, I told you to put, it's not 25 anymore in the bag. It's only 20. And you're actually putting 27. And then when I measure them, when you did do the 20, if I measured them, you're making the treats bigger. And I'm, I'm measuring them on this little measuring device. And you're actually putting the same weight of product in each bag. And this is very common, a fear of abundance a fear of financial success. And we usually get that from people saying, you know, money, the love of money is the root of all evil. And a lot of movies are like this as well, where they push that wealth is bad, and then it really changes the behavior of the person watching the movies, and they're unaware of the patterns in the movies, because the subconscious mind will watch the movies identify the patterns and live out those patterns if they're repetitive so you look at the movie titanic jack dawson you know he didn't even have to worry about the dirty money he won the ticket onto the titanic and there's rose marrying the rich guy and he's a real bad guy he's a mean guy she falls in love the first class passengers um, you know, the husband that Rose is supposed to marry, they're up there on the first class cabin. Rose is having a very terrible time. And then Jack Dawson, of course, he's not even in the second class cabin, third class. I think he's in the fourth class cabin. She sneaks down. They've ne- There's never been happier people. That means poverty is happy. I mean, money doesn't make you happy, but poverty doesn't. But if you watch all the movies... They're always portraying the rich guy as the bad guy, the jerk, and it programs people to have a fear of financial abundance. And you can see at the end of the Titanic, the rich guy like fakes taking a baby onto the lifeboat, Jack. Um, dies because he's so noble that you know he's moral he's noble he walks the high the high moral ground it's just like a like a layer after layer and i'll put up a a randy gage video about that movie um exactly and in the title of that video is uh poverty programming and it, there's a lot of it um there was a movie i just watched with Jen on Netflix recently called Isn't It Romantic? And I think it had Liam Hemsworth and the lady from Pitch Perfect. I can't remember her name, but again, Liam Hemsworth. This is just a new movie too, right? So Liam Hemsworth right away, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's the rich guy and he's, he's an asshole right away. Even in Shrek, even if you go back and watch Shrek and they go at your kids with it too, Shrek again is poor. He lives in the, in the, in the swamp and he's immoral and ethical and he walks the high moral ground and then he gets into a conflict with uh, Prince Farquhar or King Farquhar, this little kind of half-human who's mean and he's immoral and unethical and he lives in a big castle. He's the rich guy. He's the bad guy. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what movie you watch. You get this poverty programming, which makes people uncomfortable with being abundant or being different in the wealth category, different than the people around them. Even with the equalizer, equalizer one, or equalizer two with Denzel Washington, and equalizer one uh, again. Denzel Washington works at the hardware store, walks the high moral ground, doesn't have a lot of worldly possessions. He's sort of 
labeled as the hero, and then he goes to war with these Russian mobsters that are running prostitution rings and very cruel to their prostitutes. Rich again, the rich, and then he he goes up the ladder. Not only does Denzel Washington go and kill the local Russian mobs, the rich guy, the rich guys, he goes up the hierarchy, killing all the way to where Denzel Washington goes to this huge mansion in Moscow to kill the head of the snake, the richest of the richest. So you see again, poverty is noble. You walk the high moral ground. You're ethical, you're moral. Anybody with money is bad. Uh, love of money is the root of all evil. If a, you know money doesn't grow on trees, there's so many negative um, connotations around finances that people get programmed like this lady. She was afraid to have more money and to be successful, but she never knew where it came from. And in self-sabotage coaching, we always ask the movies you watch. We always ask the TV shows you watch. We're pretty familiar with all of them, and we know the programming, and we know all the mind control tactics used within the movies and TV shows, and we teach you about that. So that's the end of the discussion of the advanced modalities of self-sabotage if you would like to i'm i mean if you would like to work one-on-one with me not inside the self-sabotage coaching school but i'm having an online event in two weeks regarding everything that has to do with you overcoming self-sabotage and it also has to do with uh, focusing on health losing weight removing cellulite becoming your healthiest version most powerful version of yourself reversing disease and teaching you all these tricks and it's very interesting this is not going to be like a boring uh, university lecture like i used to be uh, subject to at mcgill university you you get the whole seat but you're only going to need the edge during this presentation. I'm going to put up some information about that presentation. So um, there's some information for you about self-sabotage. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions for me, you can email me at jason at freedomfromselfsabotage.com. And uh, if you're getting this if you're getting this podcast and you, you're not, you got it shared to you and you're not on my email list, email me at jason at freedomfromselfsabotage.com so I can put you on my private email list so you can get all my alerts. And, uh, you know, because the social media are trying to make sure you go back into a TV and movie program coma. People like me are trying to get you out of the TV mind control so obviously we're at odds with uh, the behavior modification psychological operation that's going on right now making people stand in line and demand their worst life so if you'd like to learn all the tricks that are being used upon you make sure you email me and get on my private email list this is jason christoph thank you for listening have a great day